Hello and welcome to Calling All Cars from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Manner, 
that he managed to keep his innocent bride in complete ignorance of the real source of his income. But in the end, he, like every lawbreaker, found that crime does not pay. Very powerful. 
Gregoria, I don't like now, it. Don't worry yourself about it at all. I'll get the money, and all you have to do, Stanislaw, is to spend it. It is mid-morning a few days later. There are only a couple of customers in a small branch bank in Long Beach. When a burly man enters and standing by the door, pulls out a big automatic. Take them off. Fire. This is a whole weapon. I want to blow the big fire. The first person who lets a peep out of him is going on a one-way ride for this hammer, Daddy. You heard me be fired. Now all is you get in that cage, lad. Come on, come on, come on, make it snappy. Ah. That's it. Now all of you lie down on the floor. <laughs> That's all right. You don't have to hold your breath. But don't make any noise. You. You in the gray suit. Come here. Come here. Close the gate door. Now, get to work on this combination. But uh, Come on, come on. I know you know it. I've seen you work it a couple of times. Now open it up. Come on, snap in. Do it. What's the matter? You're losing your nerve? Here. Here's a nice fat cigar. Hop on that. Throw some smoke in there. You'll get your nerve up or I'll blow some smoke through you. Yeah, that's more like. Now get back there in that cage. Get down on the floor and stay there. You remember, while I'm emptying this cage, I've got my gun right on you. Take out of this room and bring your bags to Rudolph. 
Well, it sounds all very strange. Don't question me, Tanya. Think of this, my dear. In a couple of weeks, we'll be in San Francisco and we'll have our own place. Now do as I say. Very well, Grishnikov. Listen, the stars. I wonder what's the matter. Oh, probably the police are going up to that bank down at the corner. Why, what's happening? Oh, I don't know. There were a bunch of people around there when I came in. Another hold-up, I suppose. While Domsinski busies himself clipping his saggy side lock, Sergeant Joe McClellan has arrived at the bank and is questioning the frightened employees. Now, what does this man look like? Well, he's a seven feet tall. He's right here. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Not all at once. You, ma'am, can you describe this man? Yes. He was a big fella, and, and I was just hanging at Mr. Martin's window getting some shopping money. They're running his trail down tomorrow. Yes, yes. My wife told me all about that this morning. Now, what does the man look like? Oh, oh yes, of course, He was a big man, about Yes, I heard you. And, and he had red hair. And he said that the police would never get him alive. Big man, red hair, said the police would never get him alive, huh? Well, I think I know this fellow. Well, let me get a look at that face. Say, who smoked this cigar? Hey, why, uh, I did. He, uh, he stuck it in my mouth. Who stuck it in your mouth? Oh, the, the, the robber uh, told me to uh, smoke it and uh, got up my nerves to open the safe. And you smoked it? Yes, and then uh, after I opened the safe, he uh, pushed me back into the cage. I... Just the cigar fell out of my, out of my mouth. Did he get you this cigar? Yeah, uh, stuck it in my mouth. Oh, uh, most of Flora. What are you wrapping that dirty thing up for, Sergeant? Yeah, you never can tell what might be important, ma'am. Not any fingerprints here. Uh, oh, no, no, he, uh, he wore a glove. Sure, but he got smart once too often. The lone wolf has left a clue. Yeah, yeah, but there are probably a thousand men in Long Beach who smoke the uh, same kind of cigars. Sure, but you never can tell. This cigar butt might lead me to the right one. Back in headquarters, McCullen checked up with Detective E.L. Woodruff. Well, Joe, what did you discover? Well, he stopped every highway and street car line out of town, would he? But he didn't get out of Long Beach. Well, I know who he is. Joe? Yep. He's the guy we call the Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf? Sure. That bird has been holding up all these banks. The guy that always boasts he won't be taken alive. Sure, I remember the guy. He described as a big guy with red hair. Yeah, that's the one. And he thought we could knock him over. He's wanted all of them down the coast. Yeah, I know he is. I got a hunch about him. Yeah, what's that? Well, you've bottled up the highways and the streetcar lines out of town. He hasn't left, has he? Oh, sure that. Okay, then he's still in town. Yeah, but where? That's where my hunch comes in. I think he's hiding in some rooming house right near the bank. Why? Oh, I don't know why, but that's the way I feel about it. You want to look over the neighborhood with me? Sure. Come on. Well, this street's as good as any to start on. The bank's there on the corner. Well, this first house here has room for Aunt Stein in the window. I'll go in there, Woody, and you start on the other side of the street. If either of us gets a bite, we'll let the other one know. Okay? Okay. Good luck. What is it? You rent room? Yes, I have one for rent. Does a big man with red hair room with you? No, why? Well, do you know of a big man with red hair in the neighborhood? No, I'm sorry, I don't. Why do you ask? Well, he's a friend of mine. Well, he's not here. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. 
morning, little girl. My mama says she doesn't want anything. Tell your mother I'd like to speak to her. My mama says she doesn't want anything. But I want to talk. Cigars. 
Well, what is your husband's business? He's a manufacturer. Well, where is his factory located? In St. Louis. We are here for a little trip. I see. And uh, this key with a celluloid tag bearing the number 717. What's that? I'll have to demand an answer, Mrs. Stanley. The matron found this key in your shoe. That, you must admit, placed a certain suspicion upon it. You were hiding it for some reason. Now, what was that reason? May I count upon your honor as an officer and a gentleman? Naturally. You will keep this confidential. As far as duty permits. As you can see, I have no connection with any investigation you're making. And this piece is a personal matter, a very personal matter. Nevertheless, I must insist you tell me what this key opens. It is the key to the apartment of a friend of my husband, who has become a very good friend of mine. I couldn't help it if this happened. Since my husband, who as you know, it would make me terribly jealous. He might, he might do anything to me. And to this friend of ours. I see. Well, Mrs. Stanley, that's your problem, not ours. And certainly we haven't the time to interfere in your domestic problem. Oh, thank you. I trust you'll forgive our detaining you. Of course. I may go then. Very shortly. The matron will make you comfortable. But why? Just a routine matter of picking up on your identity. Oh. Uh, take Mrs. Stanley away, Mrs. Sullivan. Oh, but, but... And treat her with every consideration. Yes, sir. But you said... It'll only be a matter of a couple of hours, Mrs. Stanley. Oh, but you mustn't. You can't. Come along, ma'am, and quietly, please. Yeah, you're crazy, Max. You don't look plausible, sir. Uh, too plausible. I'm going to check up on it. Of course you, Max. Everything else she told me may have been the truth, but she lied once. And when was that? When she said she was French. Her accent is Russian. That doesn't prove anything. Well, maybe not. But our big man with the red hair had an accent, and he smoked an Osa Flora cigars. This woman has an accent, and she carried a box of an Osa Flora cigars in her bag and a key in her shoe. Come on, Woody. Well, what are we going to do now? We're going to try to find the hotel this key belongs to. You may spend a couple of years trying to do that. Okay, but, partner, there's something smelly in this case besides the brand of cigars. Come on. houses, at small hotels, at large hotels, at locksmiths and hardware stores. The two detectives inquire for information regarding the mysterious key. The day slowly passes in futile, fruitless searching. And then, early in the evening, discouraged, they enter a small hotel on the pike. Yes, sir, gentlemen. Like a nice room looking out over the ocean? No, not tonight. We're from orders. Oh, I see. Well, what can I do for you? Do you use a key like this here? No. No, our keys have metal tags on them like this, see? Well, have you any idea where this key might come from? Let me look at it. Oh, sure, I know where it's from. You do? Where? Well, the beach house of Redondo. I worked there last summer. That's one of their keys. The beach house of Redondo, huh? Okay, buddy, thanks. Come on, Woody. Accelerated to the floor, Byron open wide. McCullen and Woodruff speak northward to Redondo Beach. At the beach house, they interview the manager. Is uh, this one of your keys? Yeah, why? Who's it belong to? What do you want to know for? Who are you? McClellan of the Long Beach Police Department. Well, you must be on the wrong track. Folks occupy that room aren't the kind of people police are looking for. Well, who does occupy the room? And his wife in the name of Don Kinsky. I'm Simpson, yeah? Russian? Uh, might be, I guess. Do they have an accent? Yeah, I think they do. Well, you see, Woody, it all fits. Yeah, so far. Well, they're fine people. The man's a musician. Plays a violin. They're out just in New York on a vacation. Well, the story changes. They're from New York this time, Woody. Are these people in? No, yeah, I don't know. Uh, ring their room. If they answer, give them some alibis. 
So you made a mistake or something. But look here. These folks are on the level. Ring their room. We haven't any time to waste. Oh, very well. No answer. We'll go up. Now, look here. I object to my guests being annoyed. Now, listen. You've been in this game long enough to know better than to interfere with the police investigation. Now, you sit tight, and if these people come in, you ring us and let us know. Oh, very well. Is the elevator running? Yeah. Well, looks pretty good, Woody. Yeah, but I'm not convinced yet. I don't believe in circumstantial evidence. Hang too many innocent people. Yeah, now, hold your horses, partner. You can never tell what sort of evidence we might turn up. Well, here we are. Well, where's 717? Right here, across the hall. Fine. You hear anything? Yes. Get your gun out and let's go visiting them. Yes. I open the door, you cover the room, and I'll snap on the light. Nice. Nobody home. Well, let's take a look around. There's a violin case on the table. Open it up. Anything in it? Nothing but a violin. What'd you expect to find a harp? Hey, what's the big idea? I'd just seen if I could play it. To see things aren't strung like ukulele. No, I wouldn't know. Hey, take a look at that closet, will you? Yeah. A lot of clothes. A pair of shoes. Hey, what's this on the shelf? Like a hat box to me. Did you feel my quivering hunt? Hey, can you reach it, Woody? No. You're a little taller. You try it. It's oh, a mighty high closet. You got a stretch up here. Hey, look out, Mac. It's falling. Well, Woody, yeah. what do you think of my hunt now? I guess you were right. You go, this was the entire house in the bank. Now, let's count it. Here's 500. Yeah, here's three packages of $1,000 apiece. The bank's wrapper's still on them. Let's see, and four more, fifteen, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-two thousand five hundred, twenty-three. Here's six grand more. That's it. Every penny of it. Twenty-nine thousand dollars. Yeah, but we haven't got the lone wolf yet. If our luck lasts, we will. Let's go. We need now to stake out on this spot. Yeah, the boys here in the Donda Beach will help us on that. You got that, dough? Right here under my arm. Oh, well, maybe this wise guy will believe us. Well, oh, boys, any luck? Yeah, $29,000 worth. What? Yeah, stones for Long Beach Bank today. Yeah, stick it in your safe. Why, well, I can't understand. Why, Mr. Domzinski seemed to be such a... Yeah, player. I know. They usually do. Any mail in his box? Yeah, yeah, a letter came for him today. Well, let me see it. There you are. Oh, Igor Domsinski. Been sent to an address in Huntington Park and forwarded here. Mm-hmm. Anything important, Mac? No, but apparently our man's a good friend of the people in Huntington Park. This bird that's writing the letter sends best regards to Rudolph and his family. Yeah, our next call's in Huntington Park, then. Right. Hey, what do you want me to do with this money? Uh, keep it in your safe. We'll be back for it. And if Domsinski comes in, uh, don't say anything about us being here. In a few minutes, some officers will be here to wait for him. Yeah, very well. But I can't believe that the fine man appears as an officer. A 
Again, the two officers scream through the night in their high-powered police car. And as they decimate the distance separating Redondo Beach and Huntington Park, Chief Yancey of Long Beach and the shotgun squad, warned by McClellan, is also heading for the Huntington Park address. It is close to midnight when the two officers quietly approach the house. An old man is seated, breathing in the front room. McClellan taps gently at the door, fearing to sound a general alarm by ringing the bell. A moment later, the old man answers the door. Is Mr. Domsinski here? Right. Yeah. But he's asleep. We're police officers. Police officers, Wild. The house is surrounded. Let's not make any noise. But what do the police want with my friend Gregor? Your friend Gregor is a notorious bank robber. Oh, there must be some mistake. I'm sure he isn't a man. Well, we're positive he is. A room, Jim. Right at the head of the stairs. Let's go, boys. And be ready for anything. This guy's tough. Hey, the door's open. Yeah. There he is. The moon's shining right across the bed. It's on the light. Come on, Dalsinski. Wake up. You're under arrest. Why, you... Keep your hands away from that fellow. I'll empty the shotgun into you. Step the cuffs on him, Tom. All right. You've got me. What you got under the pillow, Woody? Five and a forty-five. Yeah. Well, Domsinski, I thought you said we'd never take you alive. I didn't intend to shoot. <laughs> That's all part of the game, I guess. <laughs> and I was going to go straight. This was going to be my last job. <laughs> Don't worry about that, Domsinski. It will be your last job for a long, long time. confessed and pled guilty and was sentenced to serve 40 years in San Quentin Penitentiary. Should he ever be paroled, he faces trial and possible conviction in the state of Washington for a bank holdup in Seattle. His poor misled bride was quickly released from jail, heartbroken and disillusioned at the revelation that her husband was a bank robber. Out of deference to her feelings, wherever she may now be, in tonight's broadcast we have referred to her and her husband by fictitious names. The story you have heard tonight is true. These weekly dramatizations are based upon facts obtained by Rio Grande investigators from confidential police files. Because Rio Grande provides the cracked gasoline which powers police cars in so many large western cities, we are in close touch with police work. Tonight, Rio Grande has entertained you. Tomorrow, Rio Grande will thrill you. Just fill your tank with cracked gasoline. And Rio Grande will give you police car performance in your own car. Long Beach Police calling all cars' attention, all cars' a cancellation of broadcast 68 regarding a bank holdup. The suspect in this case is now in custody. That is all. Narrator Frederick Lindsley bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.